guys ready? about minus 20 out but luckily there's not much wind and that's quite nice spirits are high as they say and it's always fun I think to get out and um, do something kind of wacky like this but with a group of people and even if it's cold We're here tonight um, as part of Nakai Theatre's Pivot Festival. Turn it up a bit. And the specific event that we're here for tonight is the Poetry Crawl. Please welcome KJ Monroe! I want to thank Nakai uh, and uh, Peter Jickling for the invitation to read tonight. What happens is we set up five poets along the Yukon River between Main Street and Shipyards Park. What if I were to tell you, you can live there if you want. And each poet performs a, about a 10 minute set and audience members travel along um, the Yukon River from one station to another. You are taller because you stand straighter than me. You wear fancy shoes. I wear sensible... I think it speaks well of this community, Whitehorse Yukon, that um, you can have this kind of weird poetry festival thing and you'll get sort of 60 people coming out. From Yukon North of Ordinary, the magazine, this is Yukon North of Ordinary, the podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from Yukon writer and enjoy a sample of their work. My name is Peter Jickling. I was uh, born and raised in Whitehorse, Yukon. I grew up here. Um, went away to school as, as so many of us do, but then came back and made my home here and, um, started sort of, I guess, taking writing a bit more seriously. And, and I would say maybe my mid twenties and, um, did some playwriting and then eventually kind of got into poetry. And I wrote a play called Syphilis, a love story, um, which was first performed in, uh, the spring of 2011. Um, it, it's a, it's a comedy. It's about a, uh, a sort of an idealistic writer who, uh, who is unemployed probably because he's too idealistic. Um, but he gets offered this kind of job out of nowhere. And the job is to write, um, a health pamphlet on syphilis. So, um, he, tries to sort of transcend the boundaries of the health pamphlet and and make it like a work of art. I did try to write another play after that, and it just never came together. And then, yeah, eventually I got into poetry. (laughs) 
in my poetry, what I try to do as a, as a general sort of rule is to, is to find sort of little moments. Um, I think I once described it as, as small moments that can get lost amidst the noise. And that to me is kind of like, kind of one of the, the beautiful things about poetry is that it kind of forces you to stop and slow down and take a moment to, to recognize something, which in the, I mean, we're so busy these days and we're always on our phones, but just to sort of recognize one of these like little moments, um, and to capture it in using evocative language is sort of, um, is sort of my general approach to poetry. My first book is Downtown Flirt. Um, it's a book of uh, it's a book of poetry um, written when I was in Toronto and published in 2019. And then just November of uh, 2023, I put out another book called I Believe This Is Not the End, and that is a book of short essays that were that were written a few years ago, but are still, I think anyway, are still relevant. Downtown Flirt would be available at um, Max, probably Coles in Whitehorse. And the new book, I believe this is not the end, is available at Max, Well-Read Books, and Midnight Sun Coffee Roasters. So three locations. I read two poems at this year's event. I did my reading from... Um, a balcony, I believe the second floor balcony, yeah. Just a little bit to the south of Shipyards Park. I had the second last reading of the night. I should mention that it was not me that picked that location. I'm not just giving myself like the Mussolini sort of location. But yeah, I, I, it was a very cool location. It's fun to look down on everybody. Great to see so many people out here in minus 20 weather, braving the elements for poetry. Um, I'm going to read a couple of uh, a couple of poems today, not too many, just a couple, and um, I really hope uh, you like them. Thank you. Um, the first poem that I'm going to read today is called "The Last Avenue." Uh, this was written originally a few years ago as a um, as a voiceover for a short film that was directed by uh, Brendan Preston. Uh, and it's about 8th Avenue, um, so the exact opposite side of uh, downtown Whitehorse. The Last Avenue. It's like the ground tilts towards 8th Avenue. Not that objects fall west, but that our collective consciousness trickles, trickles, trickles into the clay cliff shadows. On 8th, we confront ourselves. Running north to south, no restaurants, barbershops, or insurance agencies clutter 8th. No speedy routes from Ogilvy to Maine, only yield signs, reminding us we can't outrun our devils. Not here. Not now. It's the last of the unpaved avenues, where snow and mud 
and glacial till speak our elemental nature, where ravens feed our dreams and dogs imagine themselves as wolves. Perhaps on eighth they are. It's not for the slick, but the steadfast, the tortoise, not the hare. Eighth asks hard questions, but if one answers truly, if one navigates the road bravely, eighth will lay you down where urban grime meets cemetery green, and it will whisper your home. Thank you. So the other poem that I'm going to read is actually quite an old poem. It was written years before I ever had the pretentiousness to call myself a poet. Um, it was written when I got dared to enter a poetry contest. Um, I didn't win. But anyway, this is the poem that I wrote. It's called Overdue Epistemology. Epistemology is the, uh, the philosophical branch dedicated to the study of knowledge, just by way of a little bit of context. It's the three library books that are really on my mind. When you write a poem, it's meant to be about stuff that's on your mind, right? I left Montreal at the end of April, and I accidentally packed three epistemology textbooks in with the rest of my shit. The books are at the top of my stairs collecting dust and late fees. I prefer thinking about problems to dealing with them. Take this poetry contest, for example. When I agreed to enter a poem, I immediately began thinking of ways that I could quote-unquote enter the competition without actually entering the competition. I decided to write a poem about writing a poem. That way, there's a buffer of ironic detachment between me and the activity that I'm engaged in. That way, I don't really need to put myself out there. And let's face it, putting yourself out there is scary shit. The poem is supposed to have a Yukon wilderness theme. I haven't had a single poetic thought about the Yukon wilderness since I've been home. How am I supposed to write a whole poem on the subject? Besides, I'd rather think about my library books. But I get an idea. I tuck the biggest textbook under my arm called Epistemology, The Big Questions, edited by Linda Martin Alkoff, and I head into the green belt behind our house. I walk about 100 meters into the forest and I turn around. No houses in sight. 
I lean the book against a spindly spruce tree, and I sit. Now it's just the three of us. An absurd holy trilogy. The poet, the textbook, and the Yukon wilderness. I plan to wait until a three-way poetic synchronization strikes my mind. Will I recognize it when it comes? Boredom starts to creep. My mind starts to wander. I wish I brought beer. <laughs> but I'm prepared to stay for a while. It's after 11 o'clock, but it's still fairly light out. That's it. It's after 11 o'clock, but it's still fairly light out. Inductive epistemology tells us that we should expect the same things to happen again and again. If I drop a ball 25 times, and each time the ball hits the ground and bounces up, I should not be surprised when the same thing happens to number 26. But I'm not dropping a ball. I'm marveling at dusk. Every spring, the expanding daylight of the Yukon never fails to shock me out of the regular. Against rational impulses, the late night northern light never fails to surprise me, to fill me with awe. There's something other going on here. Something epistemology would rather not account for. This is the poetic synchronization I've been waiting for, isn't it? This is a good insight to end my poem with, right? This indeed seems to raise some of the big questions. Alkoff would be proud. I'm satisfied. And more importantly, I'm cold, as I'm sure some of you are. I pick up my library book and trudge home in the meta-epistemic twilight of my 26th Yukon Spring. Thank you. about the long hours of uh, spring is inspiring rather than uh, depressing. Um, but that is my, those are the two poems I was planning to read tonight. So I hope you guys had a good time and um, continue on your path. And uh, there, there's more great stuff to come. Thank you very much. How's the volume? Good. Good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Yukon North of Ordinary. I'm your host, Karen McCall. This episode was produced by Mark Kepke and me. Our theme music is Slip In by Major Funk. If you like the Yukon North of Ordinary podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating. 
check out our website, northofordinary.com. You'll find stories from our magazine. You can also subscribe to the magazine and buy some swag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. 